0: And um, because if we if we're really honest with ourselves, the the biggest problem that we find is normally ourselves. Uh, we get in the way of, of of being what God wants us to be, and and we really get in the way and and of our own lives. Sometimes we you know we can blame other things, but normally what we do is we stumble over ourselves, and and that's what we have been studying about, and what we continue to study about. Folks, you need to understand that that when the Word of God speaks about salvation and it speaks about redemption it it speaks of it in 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 the phases of past present and future that there has to be that point in our life that each one of us comes recognizing that that we are a a sinner separated from god a a day that we can um confess to our lord confess him as lord and and that's the day of our conversion but that's a point that should be a, a, a particular point within our life and you need to stop and you need to ask yourselves has there ever been that time that I have submitted my life to Christ, the time that I've been born again? But that's just the beginning. And, and, and so many times we get confused about that, that we think, well, that, that's all there is. No, that's just the beginning. That's the day that we're born into the family of God. That's the day that, that, that God's Spirit comes and lives within us and takes up residence within us. Then comes that process where we begin to, to grow to be more like Jesus Christ. And we're going to be studying about that today. That's a, an area of our life that we call sanctification. We're, we're growing to be more like God. We're, we're growing um, to be separated as, as, as God is separated. And folks, that's a lifelong process. If you, are a, if, if, if you have come to know Christ in, in, in your past, then you're right now living in that process of conforming yourself to the image of Christ. And then that one day when Christ comes again and, and these old bodies are, are we, we, they're, they're laid in the grave or he sets aside our old bodies, and the Bible says he gives us brand new bodies, bodies without sin, and then we shall be like he is. That's when we, our, our, our salvation will be complete. Isn't that a day to look forward to that we're going to live where we're, we're never dealing with sin, we're never dealing with those issues with my life, but folks, that is to come. And so today we want to continue to study in this, this this series called The Road to Recovery. Folks, every one of us, because every one of us have has um, hurts and hang-ups and habits, we all have issues within our life that we need to recover from. And and we've been studying that over the last several weeks. So as a matter of fact, this is the material that that that's, that our, our group to celebrate recovery um, works through. And I encourage you, if, if you've not been a part in... Um, and don't know anything about Celebrate Recovery, I encourage you to, to learn about that. They meet on Tuesday nights at 6.30. I encourage you to go and just sit in on one of their, 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 their meetings and see. And, and, and it may be very well God is speaking to you that you need to allow yourself to work through that. It doesn't matter whether um, you're a deacon or it doesn't matter whether you're a, you know, a brand-new believer or maybe you're still trying to figure things out. You don't know what to do about this whole God thing, anyhow. We encourage you to come and to be a part of that, because over the last few weeks we've been studying, we've been studying several issues about you know how, how do I work this this road to recovery? How, how does that happen in my life? And and they take the the acronym of, of of recovery and they begin to work through that. The first thing is is I realize that I'm not God. And, boy, you know, for, for some, that's our biggest problem, that we want to be the God of our lives. But, but I admit that I, don't, I can't control my, my tendencies to do wrong. That's why I continue to, to deal with the same problems over and over and over in my life, and I have to admit that. But then also I have to earnestly believe that, that, that there is a God and that I matter to Him, and He has the power to help me recover. I can't do it, but He can. So, so there's no excuse out there to, to, to keep saying that, well, I, 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 can't, I can't handle this in my life. Guess what? No, you can't. You need to admit that. And you need to believe that there's a God in heaven who can do that, and he can change your life. And that's when you, when you have to, what you need to do, when you come to that point, then you consciously commit yourself to, to his control over your life. And say, God, I can't do it, you can. And so, God, I'm going to commit myself to you. I'm going to trust you, Lord, to do that which I can't do in my life. And then what you need to do is you need to begin to be honest with yourself and with God. And that's where you openly confess your sins, first of all, to yourself. You know, the, first, the, the, the person that is hard, hardest to admit our sins to is ourselves sometimes. That's called Denial. Everybody else sees that we've got a problem, but we never see it ourselves. But we have to, first of all, confess it to ourselves and confess it to God. And the Word of God teaches us we need to confess it to someone else that we can trust that, so that we can, we can step outside of that fear. And, and someone that we can trust that can minister to us. Folks, we need one another. If you're trying to live this life all by yourself, you're going to fall on your face time and time again. We need somebody else out there. That that you know that's going to love us for who we are. We are so afraid that if we let somebody know what issues are going on in our life, then they won't like us anymore. But I'm telling you, there's people out there that that would draw close to you and 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 they would love you just as you are. And today we're going to be looking at really where we're beginning to to put some some uh, meat to this or put the 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 rubber on the road. Where today we're going to talk about. About making changes in our life, you see, one thing about the Christian faith is we're so good at—we're all good about talking the talk. It's a little bit tougher walking the walk, folks. You know, we can all stand up and raise our hands and sing, and you know about how God good, is, how how wonderful God is, and how powerful He is. But the, the the it really begins to happen is when we begin to allow Him to do those changes within our life. Change is not easy. We're scared to death of change. And so today we're going to be looking at this subject, this subject matter today where, we're going to have, where we need to voluntarily, voluntarily submit ourselves to God and to any change he wants to make in our life. Yeah. You know, sometimes, let's be honest, I've been afraid to pray in certain areas of my life because I believe that God would answer my prayer. You know, I, I know that years ago, and I'll just say this before I get started, that, man, I had some sin going on in my life, especially in college. And, you know, I'd go out and do things and be so sorrowful about it. And, but I was really afraid to get on my knees and say, God, take it away from me, because I, I, I really wanted to do it next Friday night again. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? But then the misery just continued over and over and over. And finally, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I said, God, you've got to take this out of my life. And um, that's what God wants to do. He wants to take that out of your life. There's three scriptures I want us to look at today that, that talks about this idea of change. And let's all stand together. If, you, if you're taking your Bibles, turn to Romans, the 12th chapter. Man, I love these two verses, verses 1 and 2. But but there's a couple of other verses I want to tag on to this because I, I think it will give you an idea of, of the whole process that we're going to be speaking about. These lessons that we've been teaching are very, very simple. Guess what? Most of us are all pretty simple people. And I, I do believe that sometimes in our teaching, we try to make things much more complicated than they really are. And um, and I thank God for these lessons laid out are very, very simple so that, so that we can connect with Him. Let's just look what Paul says in Romans, the, the, the 12th chapter. Paul, when he wrote Romans, he wrote, wrote this great, great treatise on who we are as people that we're sinners and, 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 and what that has done to us, and, but, but who has redeemed us from, that, from Jesus Christ. But then he begins, okay, this is what you need to do about it now. Again, you can sing about the cross, you can sing about... Jesus and all of this, but what are you going to do about it? Folks, um, as much as we want to, to or, or we may not want to admit, but God has called us to do something. He sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins, but he has called us to do something too. And listen to what he says right here in Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 1 and following. And he said these words, I beseech you, I beg you, I exhort you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies... A living sacrifice, which is wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or your reasonable act of worship. How do we worship God? Is we present our bodies to him and say, God, I give myself to you. We lay ourselves on that altar. And that's what he's saying. Lay all your wants, lay all your desires, lay all your plans on the altar and say, God, I'm yours. And then he continues on. And he says these words, And be not conformed to this world. Wow. You see, that's the problem with every one of us. That we live in a wicked world, and guess what? We allow the world to conform us. And we look like the world, and we we think like the world, and we act like the world. And he says, Don't be conformed to this world. But he says then, But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know what he's saying here? He says, even though the the world may have conformed, you don't allow that to happen anymore, but now be transformed. You know what he's saying? You don't have to be like you used to be. You don't have to be like the rest of the world. That God wants to do a work in you, but but he's he's commanding that that we have a part of it. He says, "But but, but, but we're to be transformed by the renewing, of our mind, I want you to hold on to that, and, and before I pray, but I want you to look at two other verses because I'm going to come back to these. These are pretty; these are very important verses. If you would um, turn to Philippians, just turn to your right a little bit. Philippians, the second chapter, and we're going to look at verse twelve. Now, I just want to look at one clause of that, but, but, but folks, this is so important of what we are addressing on this, this transforming power of Christ and how God has called us to be a part of that. In Philippians, the, the, the second chapter, verse 12, Paul writes these words Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. Well, I thought it was God who saves. It is God who, who redeems us. It is who God who converts us and, and births us into His family. But what He's saying here in this part where we are now, that, 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 that we are to allow God to take that which He's done in the middle of our lives, in our heart, and now we're to work out our own salvation. Miss Mary, I can't work out your salvation. I have to do it myself. You know, you have areas in your life. I have areas in my own life that when God comes, he he changes our heart. And then there's that process. Now he begins to to change those habits within our life. And so there's that process of working out our salvation, working outside that which is already within us. You see, Paul says when, when we're saved... That that and that that he's given us a new heart. He's put a a want to within our life. And now we're to work that out. So that not only are we wanting to, but we begin to do it. Let's look at this next verse. I I think this is a part of the process. Let's look at if you just turn back to the right a little bit more, turn to Colossians. I see I like this is imagery I want you to think about that, that Paul is using. Colossians. The third chapter, verse 8. And let me read to you verses 8 through 10 because, again, I just want you to, to think about this imagery that Paul is speaking about. He says, but now ye also put off all these things, anger. You ever have a problem with anger? He says you need to get rid of it. He says anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy communication. Do you have a problem with your mouth? You know, whether it's um, from the standpoint of using filthy language. or It's not only speaking about that, but do you use your tongue to hurt other people? He says, you need to get rid of that. And this is not a complete list. He's just using some very common things. Um, He says, put also off this, this filthy communication. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deed. And then he says, "And having put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him." What Paul is, is, is giving us an imagery about this this growth process. It's just like taking off those old dirty clothes and putting on new clothes. There's a, that putting off. Boy, Friday I was outside. I was working all day. I was burning trash and I was smoky and I stunk. I was sweaty, and I, I walk inside and I know Miss Wanitsu doesn't want me to just beat all around the house and my boots, and so uh, there's a little washroom, and I just start taking things off. And then I I, I, I bathe, and I I begin to put on clean things. See, that's the imagery that Paul was speaking about of working out our own salvation. Folks, it doesn't happen all at once. God wants to transform you from where you used to be in those old dirty clothes and put you in something like he is. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for this day. And God, I just pray that you'd bless our time together as we take your word, and God, we begin to look into it. And, and um, God, change our lives as, as we've already sung about today. And, Lord, that we can, all, that we can give ourselves away. Lord, every one of us in this place, dear Father, have issues within our life that, that God, that we need to deal with. And, God, I pray that, that, that through the, your power, that, God, that, that you can change us, so oh Lord, and, and use us for your glory. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Wow, I just thank God for each of us as we come and we worship. Because, folks, there's one thing about it when I'm talking to you guys. I know you're all messed up. Because I'm messed up. I struggle, you struggle. We all have hurts and hang-ups and habits. And, and we want to stop today as we work through this and begin to ask some, ourselves some questions. Because my goal is today is to kind of give us an idea, saying, God, why am I so messed up? Why do I continue to have this issue over and over and over in my life? And why, why is it so hard to get rid of it and, and then begin to, God, what's the process that I can, I can begin to change my life? Folks, the good news is this. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to live at that address for the rest of your life. Because Christ has given us the power through the cross, but He's also called you to be a part of that. But let's just look at that first question. Let's just ask that, 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 that first time, you know, why am I like this? Why do I have such bad character defects within my life? Let me just stop and, and ask you. Last week we studied about that if we we're to confess that we need to probably get, to get all by ourselves and get us a notepad and begin to write some things out. What are the things you struggle with? We all have them, folks. Some of you struggle with a bad temper, and you just blow up. Some of you, you, you struggle with with lust of the eyes, and you struggle with that all your life, and it's hard just try. You, you still struggle with that. Some of you, 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 you struggle with your tongue, for some reason it just you you have a special gift that you can hurt people's feelings. Some of us struggle with lying. Some of us struggle with just being honest or greed. You see, we all have these things within our lives. Where does that come from? Now, obviously, you know, from a from a theological standpoint that obviously that, that all of our, our defects, all of our character defects comes from the sin that dwells with us because the Bible says we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And, and the Bible teaches us that we're conceived in sin, that, that, um, that, that folks, it's, it's not something that we do, it's something that we are. But but there's some things that, that, that complicate that. There's some things that really enhance that. And I want you to think about this because I think this can help some, answer some questions. And if you ever want to come talk to me, you know, let's talk about you know the first one of the first areas that, that, that where do these things come from is is as the writer says, our chromosomes. He says, you know what? We have moms and dads out there that also have hurts hang ups and habits. We have, we have moms and dads out there that, that genetically, you know, dad gives me twenty three pairs of um, chromosomes, mom gives me three, 23 pairs of chromosomes and, and they come together and and um, and you know, I am of my mom, mom and my dad. That's why you see within so many families that there's tendencies within so many families to, to be like one another. You know, that, that dad was just an old, gruff coot, and, not, and he's got a bunch of children that's grown up to be old, rough coots, you know? You, have, you, see, where, you see where lust runs in families. You see where lying runs in families. You, you see where certain dispositions just run through families. And, and it may very well be that we have picked up some tendencies from our families. Because over the years, because of, as, as the sin nature has corrupted our mom and our dad, and, 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 and for some reason, there's tendencies that's been passed down to you and me. You know, again, there, there's some families that there's a tendency to be lazy. But you know what? This is, if, if I don't say anything else within this, just because you're born with a tendency does not give you right to sin. We all have tendencies. We all, you know, that just because you can't ever use the the excuse, "Well, I was just born that way." Being born with a tendency does not give you an excuse to sin within that tendency. It does not, because we all have those issues within our life that that very well could have been passed down through through through, through our parents, but but that does not give us an excuse. Another thing that that where where. These issues come from within our life where we create these character defects is not only is it, you know, sometimes the tendencies are passed down through our family, but also through our circumstances. Let's, we have to admit that circumstances do affect our lives. You know, I, I, I grew up in a home that, that through my circumstances, I had a mom and daddy who loved me, a mom, you know, a dad who, pray, you know, a mom who prayed for me, a dad who taught me how to work. And I, I really had a pretty wonderful life from that standpoint. But, you know, there's a lot of kids that grow up that there's not even a dad around. And if there is a dad around, all that dad has done is just ber- berated them and 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 maybe even hit upon them and abused them. And, folks, we do take those particular circumstances, and they do begin to be- affect our behavior. And, and it can be in a lot of different ways, or, or maybe... Maybe you're a person that that you, that we we all had the desire to be loved, but you grew up in a situation where there's not much love in your home and you know what we tend to do is we'll go out to try to find somebody to love us we'll involve ourselves in sexual affairs we have no business being involved in we we you know we make our prone to to, to anybody that 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 seems to care about us, and we become codependent upon that particular person. And so our circumstances can affect our our behavior in a very negative way. But let me stop and explain this again. Your circumstances, no matter how good or no matter how bad, does not give you the ticket to sin. Because all of us are affected in, in circumstances in some way. And, and, and what happens is that just brings out that, that, that sin nature with this, but that does still not give us the permission to sin. Just because your family was that way or just because you grew up in these circumstances does not give you permission to sin. What that does is, if, if you don't watch out, it will, just, it will just enhance your bad behavior. You know what this is doing? It's eliminating that issue that we like to do so much as I'm a victim. I'm a victim of my family. I'm a victim of my circumstances. Folks, if you live as a victim all of your life, I can promise you're going to die as a victim. You're going to live a miserable life blaming everybody else. You see, the third thing that that really enhances our bad behavior, our character effects, is our own choices. God has, has given us a will and we make choices. And, and those choices also teamed up with our, our sinful, sinful nature that, that they create habits within our life. And when I repetitively make bad choices, then I, then I develop those defects within my life. And so, yes, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, but yet we've all come from different parents, which lend to tendencies within our life. We all have grown up in, 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 in different circumstances, which, which lead to certain tendencies or, or decisions in our life, and then we all just make bad choices. And, and so that's where, that's kind of who we are out there. And why is it so hard to get rid of these things? Why, if I have an anger problem, is it so difficult for me to overcome that anger? You know, if I have a, a lying problem or a dishonest problem or a, a lust problem, why is it so hard? Even though, as Paul says, you know, I, I, I want to do these things, but I, I don't do them. I, I, one of the issues is really pretty simple because that's what you've done most of your life. Folks' habits are hard to overcome. If you repeat something over and over and over and over again, it becomes a way of your thinking. It, it, beca- it begins to begin who you are, and that's what we're going to be looking at very next because anything that we have repeated over and over and over, as bad as it may be, it's kind of who we are. And, and change is difficult, folks. Change is difficult. See, the next thing, that, that the reason these behaviors are so hard is because we begin to identify with them. And this is such a crucial point. We begin to take on the identity of our bad behaviors. And this is where we make a mistake, folks. We begin to identify with our bad behaviors rather than who we are if we're a believer. Have you ever heard somebody give the excuse, well, that you know, that's just who I am? How they excuse their bad behavior, you know, they, you know, they 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 they, they tore you down with their tongue and they say, Well, you know, that's just who I am. Or then other people begin to give that person shoes as well. You know, that's just the way he is. Folks, bad behavior can never be justified by just that's who you are. We, You don't want to become identified by your bad behavior. And it's so easy for us. And you know, well, that's who I am. No, that... Folks, that is a loser's mentality. That's where you're accepting that it's okay for me to, to lie, cheat, or steal because I've always done that. And basically, that's what other people expect of me, and that's what I expect of myself. Don't identify yourself with your bad behavior. And, and, but we're so prone to do that. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, don't let other people get away with that. Call them to account on that. Especially if they're a believer in Jesus Christ, because that's not who they are. Jesus wouldn't have done that, and neither should you or me. That's why, Folks, that's why Jesus Christ came. That's why he died on Calvary. That's why he took our sins to the cross, so that we wouldn't have to continue to be bound with that bad behavior or those bad habits, or those bad hang-ups that we have in our life. You know another reason they're so hard to get rid of? Because there's a payoff. You know the reason that we do things is because they bring us some benefit. The reason that I continue in my sinful habits is because, because somewhere along the line, I get paid back for that. The reason that I, I, I allow my lust to run wild and, 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 and carry out some of my fe- sexual fantasies because it brings me pleasure. It may be temporary pleasure, but there's a payback for that. There's a rush in that. Why do I continue to, to continue in that addiction that I'm over and over and that I'm trying to so crawl out of because it's, it's giving me some payback? It makes me feel good for the moment, even though it may be a short moment. Why do I like to use my tongue to hurt people? Because it keeps people at bay. It intimidates people. And it gives me a sense of power and a sense of control is when I know I can keep people at bay with my bad tongue. Why do I continue to lie all the time? is because it has payback because I can get myself out of stuff sometimes. And so the reason that these things are so hard... to to break many times is because, folks, we're getting something out of them. There's a payback in our bad, you know, that we're getting paid off for our bad behavior. But like the old sermon says, folks, payday someday. You know, there might be a payoff temporarily, but folks, we're going to have to face the music one day. But that's why it's so hard to change. It's because it's become who we are. And we're getting, we're getting paid back. We're getting some benefit out of these things. I mean, why would I continue to to crawl back into that hole if I'm not getting some type of a benefit from that? Even though I know that it's going to destroy me. And the last thing is, is folks, we have an adversary. Eddie preached on this Wednesday night. We have a we have a there's a Satan out there trying to destroy us. He's trying to discourage us. He's trying to destroy our life, beware, be be vigilant, Peter says, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You can go ahead and write that down, that folks, there's there's an adversary out there, and the Bible calls him not only a liar, the Bible calls him the father of lies. And he's telling you, and he's giving you permission in your ears, it's okay to do that. It's okay to be a jerk, you know. It's, it's okay to blow up because, boy, you get your point across. Everybody knows who you are now. It's okay to, 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 to fulfill that, that, sexual, that, that sexual desire that's in a negative way, uh, that, that, that's in an immoral way because, you know what, God, you know, even God made you that way. He wouldn't have given you that desire if he didn't want you to fulfill it. Folks, he is so, Satan is so good at what he does. I mean, he's a liar, and, and he'll even allow he'll not only tell us a lie, but but he'll keep telling us in such a way we begin to believe it, and we begin to justify that which we know is wrong, and so that's the struggle. We've done something over and over; it becomes who we are. We begin to identify with ourselves, and there's some payback involved with that, and plus we've got an adversary out there that's just absolutely peppering us lying to us that that's okay. Wow. So where does this come from again it, it comes from it, it comes from my sinful nature but yet there's there's things that's passed down through my parents or circumstances I grew up in that's just my bad choices and then as but, but then they begin to prop me up. But folks the good news is this you don't have to stay there. How can I overcome these things in my life? First of all, you have to admit there needs to be change within your life. I can remember so much in my life years ago, and I've shared this story many, many times with you, and I've heard the story from others, until finally I got to that point where I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I shared with you earlier, there's times I used to, was afraid to pray a prayer of repentance, Lord, take this away from me, because... I want to meet a little bit more next week. But there came to a point in my life where I needed change in my life. And I remember crying out to God, God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need you to change me. Praise God that there's a God in heaven that has the power to do that. Thank God that I have a friend that, 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 that stuck closer to me than a brother and that he didn't desert me when I was being so stupid. And also, he was there when I called out to him. He was, he was there to reach down and pull me out of that pit. And folks, he can do that for you too. God loves you. He loves you in all of your foolishness. He loves you even if you're caught up in all of this, all of this bad behavior. But there's a God in heaven that help you can under, overcome. And that's why Paul wrote these words. He says, you know, even as, as Paul wrote Romans, this, again, this is great treaty on, on who we are in Christ and who we are apart from Christ. We're all dead in our trespasses of sin. But Christ loved us enough that he came, he died for our sins, he went to the cross for you and me. And for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, and, but then there's something we have to do about that. And that's why he says in the 12th chapter, verse 1, he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You have something to do. That we are going to have to, at at some time in our life, lay our life on the altar and say, God, I'm yours. I've made a mess of my life. God, I can't overcome this lust. I can't overcome this greed. I can't overcome this tendency to lie. That God, I can't, this this tongue is killing me, God. It's killing me and everyone around me. And God, I can't do anything about it. And God said, so therefore, I'm going to give myself away. I'm giving myself to you. And that's why that I present myself a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable. That's what God wants. That's all God's wanting us to do is say, say give yourself to me and I will help you. And he says, then be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed. And how do we do that? By the renewing of our mind. Did you know the Word of God teaches us it's, it's from our mind and our heart that everything flows? The reason that we continue to process this behavior is because that's, that's the way we think and that's the way we do. And, and God says there has to be a change in your mind. There has to be a, a change in your way of thinking by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is acceptable. In the eyes of the Lord. One guy calls it stinking thinking. We've got to get rid of that stinking thinking, folks. Because that's what destroys us. That's what destroys us. And also we have to realize what what Paul was writing to the church of Philippians. This is part of working out your salvation, of getting away the way that you used to think and begin to think in a different way. Taking off the old and putting on the new. So how do we do that? I think one of the most simple things we need to understand is we, we, need, we need to work on changing one of our problems at a time. Here's how most of us pray. God, i got a mess in my life, and God, just help me be like you. See, our prayers are so general. But what God wants us to do is begin to identify what's made us such a mess. That God, I have lust in my heart. And God, I have have a problem with my eyes going where they don't need to go. We need to call our sin by name. And we need need to, to just begin to address them one at a time because if we throw them all in the pot, then it all gets mixed up. And, and we, we've talked about that we need to confess and we need to sit down and look at those areas in our life. And folks, we can all make pages and pages and pages of that. But we need to begin to ask God, God, show me the areas in my life or, or maybe that area that's been such a struggle within my life. God, I have such a tongue. I hurt people's feelings every single day. And maybe you need to say, God, today I need you to help me with my tongue. Begin to deal with that one issue at a time. When Paul uses the imagery, and this is why I wanted to use that Colossians passage when he says, putting off the old and putting on the new. Folks, I don't take my clothes off all at one time. I take my outer layer off, and then I take my undershirt off, and, you know, I, and, 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 I, and then I work on down. And that's how we have to do in our life that we, we, folks, we, we have so many layers within our life, and sometimes we, sometimes what I've realized we don't even know what sometimes a real issue is, but we need to start on those issues that we can recognize and deal with them. and let God peel them off one at a time. and so, you know we're all like an onion. There's, there's different layers in our life. And begin with one at a time because and, and then the next thing we' do. Is, is work on victory one day at a time. God's not going to change you overnight. Now, I, I wish I could say when a person was born again that, that when, when Christ puts that new heart in us, that it, my, I, my life is totally radically changed and, and I don't have any more issues in our life. Folks, as far as I can tell, you don't find that a lot in Scripture. Scripture. Yeah, I, I have to say now, I, one that that kind of gets me on that is Brother Jack Man. Now, when God doesn't work in Jack, he just he just washed him up, cleaned him up, and set him up. But but but, folks, a lot of, that's really the exception of the rule. You show me people that's had problems with alcohol. That that most of the time it's, it's it's a process that God takes them out of that. Now, when God delivered Brother Jack, He delivered Brother Jack. But for most of us out there, as Paul says, there's this putting on and taking off. And, and, we, and, and when Jesus taught us to pray, he says, you know, give me this day my daily bread. God, he says, pray one day at a time. And, and Jesus says, take no thought of tomorrow. See, I, I, can't, I can't think about tomorrow. I, need to, I just need to focus on today. And so what's wrong with, if, if I'm dealing with that one issue and, and you pick that out, why don't you pick out what, what that issue in your life that, that you struggle with? Maybe you struggle with your tongue. And so, God, today, help me to live this day with a bridle on my tongue. Instead of saying, God, take this away from me, God, help me to live this day, just today. And then tomorrow, pray that same prayer again. You see, what begins to happen is you begin to change your mind. You begin to change your behavior because one day builds on another day upon another day. If, if you're trying to look way out into the future, you're never going to get there, folks. And then what you need to do is you need to live by God's power and not your own power or willpower. But one of the most powerful verses about that. Is Jeremiah 13, 23, where he says, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? And and he it's a rhetorical question. No, there's I can't I can't change I can't change my skin or a leopard can't change his spots. That's who we are. And God says, You can't do that. And then he asks, then he, he follows up with this when he says, he says, Then then may you also do good who are accustomed to do evil? He says, Do you think That you're also all all of a sudden going to start doing good when all you've ever done was evil in your life? He says, you can't do that yourself. God said, only I can do that for you. Paul says, that's why Paul could say, I can do all all things in Christ who strengthens me. You can't do it, but I can. Folks, that's the joy. That's the the exciting thing that, that through the power of Christ, I can do all things. I can overcome that thing that has just, 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 been a burden on my life. I don't have to live that way anymore. And then begin to focus on what I want and not what I don't want. One of the you remember what God says when he, when, when when Paul says, "And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind." Turn to Philippians the fourth chapter, verse eight. See, if I repeat over and over and over that God that, and those things I don't want, that just begins who I am. But he says begin to focus on, on, on the things of God. And listen to what Paul says in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 8. When he says these words, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think, or or, or, it means to meditate on these things. That's why Paul writes in the Colossians, think on things above and not on things below. That we, we need to begin to change our way of thinking. See, every one of us, the way we think and the way we see the world, or is a kind of a big fancy word called paradigms, we, we see through a set of glasses. And, and so the whole world is set upon who, where we came from and all our circumstances because, that, see, that's why a lot of people, if, if they've had an absent father or a, a very belligerent father, they have a hard time understanding that there's a father in heaven that loves them. And they see the whole world, you know, or, or, or there's women that, that every man they've ever dealt with in their early age, um, that, that men have used them and abused them and hurt them. And so in their mind, they think all men are bad. And, and so when you, you look through that world and you're looking through that set of glasses, that, 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 that's how you see the whole world. But folks, that's not so. That's just because you're bound to that way of thinking. And, and, and this, this happens in, so, in, in our lives in so many ways. But what God says is you need to get yourself off of your way of thinking and get it back on my way of thinking. You need to think about, you need to think about those things that are, that, are, that are true and those things that are honest and those things that are pure and those things that are just and those things that are lovely, those things that are admirable. And you begin to see through God's glasses rather than the world's glasses. And that begins to transform the way you see other people. You see, it's it's hard to to minister to some people. There's there's some of you that, that maybe other people have tried to reach out to minister to you. But what you did was you slapped their hand because everybody that's gotten close to you in the world, you've always thought they were trying to get something out of you. And so you're your own worst enemy. And you've got to get get that that thinking out of there. You need to think on the things that are positive of the Word of God and not on on, on your circumstances. And just, just moving forward. Another thing you need to focus on, I love this, focus on doing good and not feeling good. Folks, our feelings are deceptive. You just need to focus on doing the right thing. The feelings will follow. If you do the right thing, God's going to honor you. Blessings always follow obedience. You do the right thing, and then your feelings will follow. You know that that that. You know how many times we've got in the wrong relationship because oh, it makes me feel so good, or you know we we um, made a bad decision because it felt good in the meantime. Folks, you need to do the right thing, not based on what you feel. And so constantly ask yourself, that passage that we just wrote, I've used that in my mind over and over and over and over again. When I begin to think about or I begin to um, make decisions, I, I ask myself, I, I, I memorize that scripture, is this, is this true? Is this, is this noble? Is it, is it honest? Is this just? Is this, this pure? If it's not, I've got to get rid of it, folks. I've got to do, God's called us to do the right thing, the good things, not based upon my feelings, but upon what is right. I also have to to pull together and focus on the people who want to build me up and not tear me down. Folks, there's some people we need to get out of our lives. As I was praying over this scripture, God brought to my life in my, in my younger age and even in my college days, I'm sad to say, I gathered some people around me that just was about destroying my life. And you know I like to hang around with them? Because with them, there was no rules. And because my flesh enjoyed that, I liked hanging out with those people. Because they never held me accountable. And in my stupidity, I, I thought that, that felt good. Folks, it almost destroyed me. It's sad to say some of them, it has destroyed. I need to hang out with people that love me enough they're going to be honest with me. I need to hang around with people that's going to be honest enough with me that, 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 that they will you know they will, they will love me more than they love my rela- their relationship with me, that will be straight and honest with me, people that will build me up and, and, and not tear me down. I'm, I remember telling the Lord one time, God, if I've got to get rid of every friend... That's okay, because I'm so tired of this. And guess what? He about changed the whole bunch. I, I, I mean, uh, he, about, he about changed the whole bunch. And folks, that's hard. But, but God needed me to focus on the people that were going to, to surround me and help build me up rather than destroy my life. And I'm telling you, Some of you have got some relationships you just need to get rid of. Gals, there's some of you that's got some guys in your life, you need to put them on the highway. And guys, there's some of you that got girls in your life, you need to put them on the highway. And friends, I I, I mean, kids, you think about, why does mom and dad harp on my friends so much? It's because your friends can destroy you. If I heard my mom say one time, I heard her say, I don't even know, it's just countless times. Son, if you run with the dogs, you're going to get the fleas. (laughs) And I need, I need to focus on those that's going to build me up. And then finally, this is also so important. I need to focus on progress and not on perfection. My perfection is going to come on that great glorious day when Jesus Christ comes again. But I, I, need, I, need, I need to look at each day. I, I, I meet so many Christians that are very faithful and they they're beaten themselves up because they, they, well, I'm not where God, no, you're not and I'm not, none of us are where God wants us to be. But they, they can't even see how far they've come. I, I think it's good every now and then to just stop and look back where I was last year and to know that God is just progressively moving me toward being conformed to Christ. Folks, it's not going to happen all in one day. But, but we need to progressively be moving toward the image of Christ. That's when we see victory, and that's where we thank God in, in, in our lives. And so I challenge you today to start, start allowing God to make changes within your life. Begin to identify those things. Don't, aden- don't allow yourself to identify with your bad behavior. Identify yourself with Jesus Christ. Focus on Him. Draw to the lot. Folks, He'll change your life. And So I'm going to close out like this. I think there's everybody in here that's got issues that we struggle with. I'm going to ask you right now to begin to crystallize maybe just one of those issues. And and, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and say, God, I'm tired of being like this. I'm tired of allowing this issue to have control of my life. God, I give myself today. I give that away. It may be as simple as, 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 as you're tired of being controlled by your appetite. You're bound in overeating. Man last night I went to Rebecca's party. I ate so much chocolate. I came home and had a chocolate headache. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I could have blamed it on I could have blamed it on all them for having all that stuff around there, but folks that was my choice. <laughs> but you know what I, if if I don't begin today then when am I going to begin? I'm going to be dealing with the same issue next week. I'm going to be dealing with the same issue next month. I'm going to be dealing with the following. Why not today begin and say, God, I want you to change my life. And God, I know that I have a part of doing that. I'm I'm, I'm tired of blaming everybody else. I'm tired of being a victim. And God, today, I take responsibility. God, if I'm dealing with lust, God, today, I need you to, if, if, there, if, I, if I need to get my TV out of my house, if I need to throw my computer away, if I need to not go in certain places where, where the temptations, then God, today, give me the strength to do that. Call it by name, folks. If I have a problem with my tongue, that say, God, today, give me the strength to help me to speak words of encouragement rather than words of destruction to other people. And start today, today. Today is the day of salvation. To start today. And so in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to start today, saying, God, change my life. Help me to and, and again identify with one area that you need to identify with. And then say, God, I can't do it, but I need you to do it for me. Or help me, help me through this. Focus on do, doing what's right, not what it feels. You know what? It's not going to feel right. If God tells you, I'm going to tell you right now, girl, if, if, if God is telling you to get rid of that guy in your life, that's not going to feel very good. But you need to focus on doing good rather than what, what the feeling is. Let the Holy Spirit tell you that. Maybe some of you are in some type of relationship again. You, you know that you don't need to be in. Hey, it's not going to feel good, but don't focus on the feeling. Focus on what's doing good. Folks, God will bless you. He'll begin today transforming you to his image. Maybe some today, someone today needs Jesus Christ. You need a Savior. I invite you to Jesus today. But Father, I pray that you'd bless this time. And God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit, that you'd just take this word. And God, that you'd just speak to our lives. God, change is never easy. And God, I believe that's why we continue to wallow even, even in those bad behaviors because we'd rather, <laughs> we'd rather stay in the behavior rather than dealing with the pain of change. But I pray today, God, that you'd give us the strength to say, God, today, today, I'm going to give myself away. Today, I give this issue to you. God, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you the strength to help me to overcome. Father, I pray that you'd bless this time in Christ's name. Amen. Folks, I challenge you today. I challenge you today. To be honest with yourself, to be honest with God, you may need to come right to this altar. And you don't need to tell me. Don't call it to me. Just call it to God and say, God, this is an area I've given to you. Come lay it at the altar and say, God, I need you. Today you may be here, you've never met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't have the confidence, if I died today, I'd go to heaven. You can't. It's only through Christ and Christ alone. I invite you today to give yourself to Jesus Christ. Come and say, Pastor, I need to talk to someone about Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit speaking to you. Let's all stand as we sing.